This is Good Better Broker, a podcast from UWM. Brett Stimson and Braden Shaw founded Fulcrum Home Loans just three years ago, and they're currently on pace to fund over $500 million in 2023. You'll find out how they scaled their business with a mindset of constant improvement on episode 47 of Good Better Broker. This information is provided to mortgage professionals only and is not intended for or authorized for consumer distribution. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice or endorsements of any kind. Welcome back to Good Better Broker as we bring in Brett Stimson and Braden Shaw. They are the broker owners at Fulcrum Home Loans based in Boise, Idaho. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks Thank for having you. us. It's great to have you here. And as we were talking about before we started recording, you have the distinction of being our first ever podcast guest from the state of Idaho. So a check for us and we appreciate you being here. Um, you guys have quite a story. Uh, you're only three years old as a company, Brett, and yet you have experienced a ton of growth. Describe for our listeners what it's been like. Yeah, it's really a lot of the growth has happened over the last 12 months or so. And it, honestly, it's been like drinking from a fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, It's been a lot to take in, but it's been super exciting at the same time. Uh, we've had you know a lot of loan officers, loan officers join us. We obviously have had a staff up as a result. Uh, of the people that have joined us and the additional loans that have come in. Uh, but really, it's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun to see the growth. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to also deliver an awesome product to the people of Idaho. Uh, we've, there's a lot of retail in Idaho, and we're just really glad that brokers are you know, making some strides in the state. Braden, I, I think that one thing that Brett said that our listeners are probably wondering about is a lot of that growth has happened in the last 12 months. And you know, it's no secret that over the past several months now, it has been a challenging environment for a lot of LOs out there. So how have you guys done that? It was a conscious decision, in all honesty. We October, November, we sat down and looked at each other and said, this isn't pretty. We can either, now's the time to grow or now's the time to shrink down, conserve costs and try to survive this. Um, and we decided to grow. So that was when retail LOs were getting beaten on price, probably worse than they have in the prior two or three years. Um, and it was also when their pipelines were the smallest. And so we could go after those retail LOs. We got on, I think, three or four LOs that were doing 50, 60, 80 million a year that their pipelines had shrunk enough where they felt like they could jump ship and come on over. So um, it was a conscious decision. It was a hard one. Um, the the PL didn't love it, but it was a it was a conscious decision. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting to hear that, and that's just one of those short time, short term sacrifices uh, for that eventual long term game. Uh, Brett, one other interesting thing about your business: ninety percent of your business referrals come from real estate agents. Yeah. How have you gotten to that point? Uh, also, a conscious decision. Um, I mean, the market has demanded it. Obviously, the last twelve months or so, right? Uh, but really, since our inception, that's really what our focus has been. I would say all of our loan officers are focused on working with real estate agents, building those relationships, uh, delivering an excellent product to our agents and obviously their customers as well. Uh, but you know, UWM follows that model uh, and we love it. It's honestly the best way to grow a successful business is to focus on 
referral partners, in particular real estate agents. So that's a lot of what's led to our, our success, especially over the last 12 months. I feel like there's two different clients as a mortgage broker. You have the borrower experience and then you have the realtor experience. And so often broker shops or LOs will put more focus on one than the other, and they're both just as important. And so to sit there and say, put yourself in the shoes of the realtor and say, if I was a realtor, where would I want my contact points? What would I want answered? How would I want to go through this transaction? And we heard a quote early on, I don't remember, probably at a Fuse conference or something, but an LO said, anytime you get a question, tells you that there was a break inside your process. And so we made note every single time a realtor would ask us a question on, on a file, like, where's the appraisal at? I said, they shouldn't have had to ask me that question. So to have that perspective and really put focus on the realtors and the borrowers, think through that process and put yourself in their shoes and build out two different processes or two different client experiences made it so that realtors love the experience and and uh, referred out to their friends. Yeah, I think it's a great approach. We actually had a previous episode where one of our guests talked about viewing the real estate agent as the true client. So clearly mm-hmm. you guys are in the same train of thought. And Brett, it's you know, it's a set, it's a couple different things that you guys are doing. Um, you talked about lunch and learns and coffee yeah. meetups. You have marketing people and recruiters who are all dedicated to getting in front of these agents, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, that's how we've built our business. <clears throat> that's why we've done things that are a little bit different is to make sure that we're in, uh, front and center of the agents that are in our area, that are in our city. Uh, and that's made a huge difference. I mean, we have agents coming and asking us, you know, uh, what we do and why we do it and how we do it differently. Uh, you know, a lot of what brokers can do that are that's better than, than retail is pricing, but that's not what we focus on. We still focus on the client experience and delivering great value as well. Uh, and, you know, they appreciate that. Braden, you guys talked earlier about, you know, really beefing up your support, you know, in terms of your staff. Explain, you know, for our listeners how you've structured your business um, with, you know, your approach to ops and really making it a speedy, efficient uh, loan process for everybody involved. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can do business as a broker. A lot of brokers do contract processing, which is a great, viable way to do business. But we decided earlier on we wanted all processing in-house. So no remote employees, no contract processing, none of that. And so that was a lot of the reason we couldn't grow the first two years is we opened up shop in March of 2020 and rates dropped and it was impossible to hire talent. Like it was so hard to find talent. So we were just in survival mode for a year or two trying to get enough processors to do the business. Um, But when rates started to come down, a lot of the talent started to come out. And so we could go get people with a lot of experience. So yeah, we beefed up the ops team, created kind of a conveyor belt model, if you would, where they, we have processor assistants and processors and funders, and they go from one to the other, and there's a really seamless process there. But we close, I don't know, 100 loans a month and have 17 different processors on the floor. <clears throat> and so we've definitely overstaffed and tried to build what UWM has in the wholesale model. We use them a lot. Um, and so to try to build that on the broker model. Brett, you've that been was, doing this, sorry, you've, you've been doing this since 2005. You know, yeah, so you've, right. you've probably seen a, lo- a lot of different ways to go about it. Yeah. Um, when you think about what, what Braden was just talking about and the fact that you guys have underwriters to help with pre-approvals. Right. When, when, you, when you think about the way that you have this set up and why it's worked so well, what comes to mind? Well, it was very intentional, like Braden was saying, uh, but it was also a very difficult decision to come to, especially as we went through the pandemic and the lack of talent and whatnot. Uh, a lot of it was culture. You know, we wanted to have the the best possible culture within our company. A lot of people were hiring outside and letting people work remote, and we found that that just was not working for our culture. 
Uh, so built, bringing all of those people in house and trying to make a fun environment, uh, you know, a, a balanced environment for our employees as well has been huge in our ability to recruit. Uh, but also loan officers that have come on board have seen that as well, and I think that's part, been part of our success. Uh, the build team, uh, which is what we call it, the, these pre-underwriters, has also it's it's newish for us, uh, but it's been huge. It's something that we can go to real estate agents and say, look, we don't just pre-approve, but we pre-underwrite all of our clients, and that makes a huge difference as far as the outcome of each and every one of the loans that we do. Brian, another interesting thing you guys said is that you aim for white glove service. And I know that, you know, for every broker shop, there's a different definition for that. What is it for you guys? Um, retail LOs will, all, will bash brokers all the time for not having the support or not access to their underwriters or not access to their processors. And so the way that we combat that is to show them that's not the case. And so to under or overstaff Make sure that our processors have the ability to make phone calls every single time they touch the file. Make sure that they we do Tuesday updates on every single file that we do. There's those phone calls, those touch points, those communication points, and make sure that they, they have the ability and the time to give that customized loan experience to every single borrower so they don't just feel like a number or a loan, but they actually feel like a client that we're trying to get into a home. And so, yeah, the a lot of this is kind of coming around to that client experience and building that out making sure that they know exactly that they are someone we want to work with and not just a number because so often we use the is that a lead or is that a deal or we use these terms that borrowers hear all the time and it makes them feel like a number and we refuse to to accept that and again i would say that's a lot of the reason why we've had growth why we've been successful in that is that we're not focusing on growth we don't want to grow just for the the sake of growing we want to provide the best possible experience for our clients. And our clients are the actual borrowers, but they're also the real estate agents or referral partners as well. We want both of those groups to have the best possible experience. And I think that just naturally leads to, to growing and being successful. Brett, I believe it was you that mentioned this earlier, that you guys kind of have the market cornered uh, in terms of mortgage brokers. There's a lot of retail people. Um, you know, what are the pros and cons, if you will, of being in a situation like that. We have a target on our back now. That's a con. <laughs> that's a con. Uh, we, you know, in Idaho, for whatever reason, just didn't have a lot of mortgage brokers, uh, which was interesting. And, you know, that's, that's helped us to be successful is we were kind of the first, you know, bigger company to, you know, be successful there. Uh, but that is going to bring more challenges. We're already starting to see other brokers come in. They, they see us. They see the success that we've had. Uh, I'm totally okay with that. We have an abundance mentality. We feel there's plenty of business out there. Uh, we love the broker channel, the broker market. If other people come in, you know, and their brokers, you know, even better. There's lots of loans to be had there, and so we're we're okay with that. And honestly, it'll make us better in the process. Braden, uh, I think Brett earlier said that you guys like to do some fun things. Um, and, and there's a couple in mind that I want you guys to share with our listeners. And, and you're shaking your head here in our studio as you as you hear this. We um, like to have fun. Oh, yeah. You guys love to have fun. I mean, I mean, there's a couple different things you guys have done. So I'll, I'll let you guys explain it. Go ahead. Yeah. So two that come to mind. The first one is probably the Teslas. So that's what we're known for in the Boise area. Um there was a lot of different thoughts that went into this. We were looking at billboards and commercials, a way to go direct to consumer, get our brand out there. We were trying to grow. Um, 
And eventually Brett had the idea of let's just buy our employees a bunch of Teslas, wrap them out and let them drive around the city. So we ended up buying, I think, 13, 14 Teslas, Mm -hmm. put our name on it, wrapped them out, and then surprised all our employees where all of our full-time employees that were currently at the company at that time got a Tesla to drive for both business and personal use. Um, Employees loved it. At the time, we, we had a hard time hiring because we were in the middle of COVID, and that was a huge employee perk. Gas was expensive, inflation was happening, and they got a free car out of it. And so the Teslas was a big part, helped in marketing, Honestly, as a broker owner, there's a lot of tax advantages there. there. It checked a lot of the boxes that we were looking at. But Tesla's is fun. We're known in the community for it. The other one that I give a lot of props to our marketing team um, is we just did a treasure hunt. So Brett and I always thought it'd be fun to do a treasure hunt. <laughs> Bury a whole bunch of money in the ground yep. and lead people to it. Yeah. So they they nailed it. They put clues that were cryptic. It took probably 10 days for someone to solve. The person that solved it said they did 40, 50, 60 hours of trying to decipher all these clues and figure out how to get to this money. But there was 2,500 bucks just buried along the Boise River inside where we live. Um, And it it went viral to an extent where we had hundreds of people talking about it with their families, trying to figure this out. And we knew it would help with marketing. That wasn't really the point though. We want to engage the community, have fun with the community, provide activities and events and stuff for them to do. And that was the point of this is there was very little fulcrum messaging and marketing with this treasure hunt. It really was a list of a bunch of riddles and clues and go find some money and have fun. Uh, But the byproduct is obviously there is some marketing that comes from that as the name gets out. If you guys were still doing that with the Teslas, by the way, I was going to say, as soon as this thing hits the airwaves, you're gonna, your phones are going to be blowing up with LOs who want to come work for you and drive a Tesla. Um, Brett, reflecting back you know, on the last few years and even the last 12 months, like you said, uh, in this, this growth that you guys have experienced, and, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, you've been in the business now for almost 20 years. Yeah. Are you surprised by any of it? Um, a little bit, actually. Yeah, I was, like you said, a, a loan officer for a long time. I worked out of my home for about nine of the years, and that was great for the time. Uh, I got to a point where I was just ready for something different, and that was to, to grow a company. When Braden came along, it was the perfect opportunity for us to get together and to, to do just that. Uh, and the first two years were, were really fun. Uh, the last year was really explosive. Uh, that part has been surprising, but it's been a really, really fun ride. And so, I, I mean, I wouldn't change anything at all. I would you know, do it again, you know, any day. And a lot of this conversation has been about Fulcrum and us, but in all honesty, it's the people you surround yourself with. Like our ops team, our processing team, our marketing team, a lot of our team leads, our LOs that are doing that 80 to a hundred million and pushing out the marketing and branding of Fulcrum. Like Brett and I have, I like to say gotten lucky that we timed opening this company the month COVID started, rates dropped. A lot of this was not a nod to us in any sort of the way. We just got lucky in timing and people came around us that we were able to kind of all help maximize each other's efficiencies and processes and, and potential. And it's been fun to watch all the people around us take Fulcrum and run with it. And that's been the most surprising part is I thought running this would be a lot harder than it really is, but it's, it's about empowering the people around you and letting them set goals and give them a a vehicle to go achieve those goals. And when they do that, the whole family, Fulcrum family grows. Well, kudos to you guys and your team uh, for all of your success over these last couple of years. And we look forward to uh, many more years of great things to come still for Fulcrum Home Loans. Brett Stimson and Braden Shaw, thanks so much for joining us, fellas. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now with more expert advice from independent mortgage brokers around the country. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Good Better Broker.